It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design with Jason Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, June 28th, and you're listening to episode 474. As always, I'm your host, Jason, here today, once again, joined by Raven McKenzie. Hey, Raven. Hey. It's uh, it's good to chat with you. You as well. Uh, It's been a little bit. It's nice to be back on and and chat about... uh, some uh exciting and and uh, interesting board game mechanics as always yes 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 so uh yeah so you uh have you played any uh interesting games or anything lately online physical anything um so the most recent game i played oh i did play uh not yokohama but Ooh, it's a game based in Japan where you're going around traveling and collecting souvenirs and visiting onsen. Uh, Tokaido? Yes. Yes. Tokaido. Yes. Um, played that for the first time, mm-hmm. but with two players. So it was, I definitely want to play it again with an actual third player um, for that human touch. Um, but I had a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. And that, I, so I've never played Tokaido. Um, that, that game has a time track in it. Is that correct? To where like you're doing like the time-based movements or am I making that up? Essentially it's, it's just, you know, you're moving from one end of, of the country to the other end and you either, you kind of determine the pace as you go along. Um, and mm-hmm. with the, the two player roles, you each alternate controlling the third player that also kind of can trip people okay. up in terms of it'll take up a space and then no one else can go there or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty quick, uh, again, with the two player, it's pretty quick. I think it's <laughs> a, an hour to play for sure. Uh, probably closer to, to 30, maybe 45. Um, but yeah, absolutely beautiful. And it does have the tableau building aspect to it with the cards, which is always really nice. Um, and just a hint, well, no, because of the, if you take a, uh, you can block someone, there's a decent amount of take that depending on who you're playing with and, and if, you know, right, how right. they play with you. <laughs> um, but yeah. What about you? Yeah. So um, I've been on a, a bit of a, of a Wolfgang Warsh kick of late. So I played, um, uh, I played Taverns of Tiefenthal. I finally got the uh, American version of that, uh, oh. and uh, that was great. I've played the the uh, German version uh, several times before. That is a really, really solid game if you haven't tried it. Um, super love it. Um, Wolfgang has this way of like designing games that feel like they're very um, feel like they're very complex. But when you learn how to play them, you're like, well, that was simple. Like, it's really crazy. Um, like, you look at the game, you're like, this is daunting if you don't like. Like, my wife looked at that game and Quacks of Quidlinburg and was like, ooh, this looks like a lot. And then five minutes in, she's like, oh, this is easy. Um, so so that got me to, I played Quacks of Quidlinburg recently. And so I, I got a copy of that. Uh, and we, we played that several times, um, which is just a game about making potions. Um, and what I love about it is it's not about what potion you make like a potion explosion or something is make these potions right but this is Mm -hmm. just make the biggest potion like that's literally just make the biggest potion but don't explode like (laughs) that's that's your job 
Uh, and I love that. I think that's brilliant. Um, and I was excited because uh, my friend Ken Franklin, he had these really sweet, um, like he had like these custom uh, holders and stuff for it. So first of all, the game's out of print. So I had to find mm-hmm. the game uh, on eBay. So I paid vastly too much for the for a sealed copy of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was I was like, it's you know, my only chance to get it. So I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really wanted these holders. He had, it comes with like a, a bajillion tokens. Like I'm mm-hmm. not even exaggerating. It's a really? lot. Oh um, and you have to like, so sorting them before each game. Cause like a lot of them look the same, but have a different number on them. Mm-hmm. Or you'd need like 40 bags. It's just, it's ridiculous. So instead, oh, I wish I had them down here. I'd show you, even though it's not good for podcasting, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I was able to, I found online the uh, 3d printer files to these cases he had his were made out of wood but somebody had had uh recreated them in stl files so i printed them in uh um in uh, uh pla uh plastic and oh my gosh they're amazing so it's these little like these little um they look like little cargo boxes uh like wooden crates and they uh-huh. have a lid on them you slide the lid off and then they actually the game has these recipe cards that are like thick cardstock. Um, mm-hmm. They slot into it. So it tells you basically what happens when you use those and uh-huh. slide it right into it. So it's, it's amazing. So I spent like two days worth of printing. Like I didn't have to, like, I just start it and leave it, you know, and, and like printed mm-hmm. off these crates and oh my gosh, it's so great. Now to play the game, you literally slide the crates open and play the game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that saved like because uh, I would have been happy to buy those like to go out and find like legit wood ones and buy them. Mm-hmm. But it was like I spent a ton of money on the game, <laughs> and like yeah, so I was like, hey, I can print these, so this is cool. Um, and they're not exactly the same as the wooden ones. Obviously, the wooden ones are nicer, but um, right. but I, I I'm I just needed them to be functional. They looked right. way better than I would have cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then and then we, my wife and I played Splendor for the first time in like a year. Oh. Uh, we have like the listeners of the show know that we have a long drawn out history of playing Splendor. It's not mm-hmm. our best game to play. For a while, it was our favorite game, and we played it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went the first six months of playing the game of never losing, and she had literally never beat me. Um, and it was like I swear, like because she's really good at the game, she literally just got to the point where she's just psyching herself out, like, like oh he's gonna win again, and then I would. Um, cause she's every bit as good of a player as I am. I just tend mm-hmm. to get luckier when the, like the arrangement, like the right. Yeah, stuff right. Come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes a huge difference in that game, you know? Um, so then I saw that they had Marvel splendor and I was like, I can't like justify <laughs> buying this game just cause it's Marvel, but I want it. And then two things happened. One, well, first, uh, prime day happened and on prime day, they had it 20 bucks off. And I was like, Oh, so and I really want to buy it. Yeah. So I went to board game and looked two things. I didn't know about this game. One, it's, it's quite different. There's a lot of, there's a lot oh. of little, little mechanic changes. And two, it's actually rated 0.2 higher than the original is. I was like, what? So yeah. So I, so I ordered that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, just because it's like, I, I think all of the gems are the infinity stones, which is kind of cool. Yes, like, yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think you're recruiting characters instead of stuff. So I, 
yeah, it sounds right up my alley. So I was like, and my wife was like, no, it looks really good. So she's like, let's, let's get it. So yeah. Between that, the sale, the point two higher rating. Yeah. Like, how could you? Yes, right. I was like, come on. So, you know, um, it, I mean, it's it, like, it was like, normally it's like 40 bucks or something. And it was on sale for like $21, I think. So I'm like, that's a steal. Like, that's a, great that's a steal. Yeah. Normally, I would buy it from like my local game store, which is only twenty percent off. So I was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like this, this is good." Right. So yeah. that's my board game recent story here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there's so much to just like. Uh, earlier on, we we're talking about playing games that are that look like they're hard, but then once you start playing, they're like, "Oh, okay, I can. This is pretty easy, straightforward." Like, I love games like that, and I also love I, I feel like I, I love and hate games like that I love and hate games where like on the you know in the beginning it's like oh this is such a simple game uh, I'm thinking of like Calico like uh, I was playing mm-hmm. Sagrada with a friend for the first time and they're like this is such an easy game like do we really want to play this I'm like it's actually a great you know just wait till the middle and let me know <laughs> <laughs> it's such an easy game and he definitely changed his mind <laughs> once we're at the end and he couldn't place a yeah, die yeah. anymore um but yeah, yeah. sagrada got that roll and right feel right where you're like this is I, why is this hard i'm just writing numbers this is and then it's like oh no yeah that happened to the first time i played sagrada and i play a lot of roll and right so i should have known better but i, I didn't i didn't. <laughs> was like oh mm, it got me you see the colorful dice you see the squares where you can put things down and it looks so open and free in the beginning of the game only a handful <laughs> is determined but <laughs> As you move through and as those, like, again, the luck with the dice rolls, with what comes out of the bag and, and what right. you're playing next to you decides to go for. <laughs> anyone's right, right. game. Oh, gosh. Um, yes, yes. Have you, uh, have you uh, backed any Kickstarters of late? Any Kickstarters? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did. So... <laughs> I did a couple. I, I just backed Book of Villainy um, last week. I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. Have that. Um, this week, I, I'm still on the, the fence with a few just because I'm like budgeting, but I'm like board games. Uh, I know, right? That AEG bundle um, with Rolling Worldcraft and 10 and uh, the expansion for Tiny Towns is one that I'm... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. considering picking up um but try not to let mm-hmm. that i think it's it's half sold out at this point i want to say um so is that on they, kickstarter or did they do that yeah kickstarter they they did it but i think it's also as a part of their um something that they're doing for gen con um so i think you'll mm, get yep, it yep bye mm-hmm um yep i see it there yeah Yeah, they used to do those and they would release it at gen con like that was their big Mm -hmm. thing um they would release these big big box game night things at gen con yeah yeah yep i remember that now so yeah Um, this looks nice i uh i backed chai tea for two thanks to omari and his stupid smooth rapping (laughs) Like, cause I, I, I didn't even know about the game and then saw that. And I was like, Oh, well now I have to read about the game. Cause this sounds really good. And then it, and then it was, and right. I actually, that one was cause it, it was a little pricier. So I showed it to my wife and was like, Hey, like, what do you think? This is two player only. Like, you know, and she's like, she likes scrolling down 
She's like, this looks interesting. This, and then she gets to the components. She's like, we need this game. <laughs> the components <laughs> on that were so good. Oh my gosh. That is definitely, that's another one. I, 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 I'm in there. I'm still deciding because I, I really want, and I have wanted for a long time, the original Chai game. Uh, just the component, mm-hmm. the deluxe version. It looks really great. Um, I wish I had jumped on the original Kickstarter because I'd like to, you know, I, I can't, but I'm someone, I just, I, I like a little discount. It's, it's just, it, it makes me go to my get you. Right. So we'll see. I know that's going to be an add on. And so is the expansion for Chai, I want to say. So I mm-hmm. might end up going big and getting all of them, or maybe I'll just stick with um, T for two. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're all so, the, between the colors right, and the right. artwork and the gameplay, it looks like a great game. I heard great things about um, yeah. all of them. Um, it looks so good. Did you speaking of Omari? Did you see the announcement about the summertime game? Yes, yes. Yeah, that uh, earlier this week. Um, so it's great that there's so much. I'm just like I need to get my calendar yeah. together and write down all these great things and plan right, out. Right. So, so for anybody that hasn't heard, uh, Board Game Brothers uh, designed a game for uh whiz kids with yes. the, with a license of the song summertime by dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince which is the single weirdest coolest license i've ever heard of uh, <laughs> and i want the game so bad like oh wow yeah super cool. into it <laughs> the small box the bot the art like the cover looks it, just exactly what you would picture for a game yes. of that title very chill yeah yeah Very, you know yeah um, i can't you collect cool points while you're in the game like you literally collect cool points like i was reading about it it's like oh my god have to have this yes for sure so yeah um, um well, yeah oh, so, so then, uh oh, oh, mm-hmm. go ahead go ahead Oh, I was just saying the other ones. I, I was like, well, actually, let me go. Let me run over to Kickstarter and see what I've been spending my money on lately. Um, <laughs> the last one I did uh, recently was uh, the Tussie Mussy, Tussie Mussy expansion um, collection, Bunshy. Right. Uh, yep. With the Um I uh, did that and bought the original because I missed it the first time. So yeah, so I got I got that the all in one, um, and I still I think there's still time to use. They give a discount code for other because I think I might have told you this. Back on some holiday, Bunchai had like a, a great sale on their print and play games, and I bought a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But I still have yet maybe <laughs> at least a year later to print it. So whenever they have the options to buy some of their physical games, I'm just gonna give them more of my money, and so that way I can get the physical game because. I'm just not a print and play type of person, I guess. Uh, They've got some great stuff. They've got some great stuff. Yeah, they really do. Let's talk about our topic tonight. So, um, so we, we're going to talk about you. You had said, let's talk about work replacement games. And I was like, yes. And then we were going to have Jason Katarski come out and talk about them with us. Cause he's probably, uh, he's, he's played a lot of them. I know. And, uh, and he's a, He's a big fan of the work replacement. Uh, and then we had super technical, technical issues. And now it's just you and I, uh, but we're still going to talk about work replacement uh, and we will, uh, we will just miss him. So yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's just something that work replacement games, particularly 
worker placement games that use cards. Something that's been on the mind. Um, I've played several worker placement. I mean, I feel many of us have played a lot of worker placement games, several of them. The card aspect, though, it's one, it's like, when does it become like, uh, is a full on work with the game, and then there are ones that have different other elements thrown in the drafting or the deck building or whatnot. Um, I don't know if there's such a thing as a pure card worker placement game, and then other ones that are kind of it gets a little taking some things from here, some things from there, but just generally, like, especially when it comes to designing them, I think some key pitfalls and challenges, opportunities, all that jazz are. Um, so thinking about adding that mechanic into a game we're going right now, but not, you know, putting around with the best way to do it, I guess. Um, right, right, right. I, uh, I also huge fan of worker placement. I realized looking through the list of, of worker placement games of which there are obviously thousands uh, that I have played less than I recalled uh, worker placement games. Um, but I also am very, very into worker placement. Um, my, like as an interest, as a designer, um, mm-hmm. I fall into the, like, I really like the dice workers, um, because mm-hmm. I just think that's a really interesting solution, but that actually can work with, you know, as a mix with card worker placement as well. Right. Um, but yeah, for like pure worker placement, um, you know, where you're just literally, you have workers, and you are placing them uh, yes. to do your actions or resources or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's been around forever, right? right. <laughs> I, the okay. second game that I ever got introduced to uh, as a hobby game was Stone Age. And we were talking about that actually before the show a little bit of mm-hmm. how that game really, you know, I mean, that's, there's a lot of worker plays. That's obviously that is a classic worker placement game. Mm-hmm. Um, and one I've talked about on the show many times because I, I love it so much. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about specifically some some thoughts you had on card worker placement. I'm curious, like that's is that what you're trying to put into a game right now? Um, yeah, it, it's a game that it was very much um centralized board and had that worker placement aspect when you were going to certain places. And I went back and forth between having it where. I didn't want it to be someone goes to a spot and then it's blocked for everyone else because as a player, I hate that. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. And so, but I did want there to be some kind of, of course, there has to be some kind of tension or else it's not as much fun. And so maybe, okay, the first person who gets here, mm-hmm. you can do it for free. But if you're the second person who gets here, then you have to pay some kind of extra fee or something to use it and then vice versa and so on and so forth down the line. Um but the board was just, it was a bit clunky. Um, and so I, I threw away the board and I was like, why don't I just do this with cards? That way it's a bit more flexible that way. Um, and also opening it up so that um, it's more accessible to all players. A little bit less of that take that yeah. aspect. Um, and then also like you can move things around for replayability values, it'll be a little bit different the next game based off of where things are and what they do. Um, Because that's the one thing I I really like when there'll be different cards that will change the way different things work, but not too much, so it's not like you're learning a whole new game, but just enough so that, like, okay, 
this game, our strategy might be, you know, to use this um, item more, or go to this place more, given that X, Y, and Z is the case. Um, and I think it's harder. It's definitely, it's doable on a board, but at least as I'm ripping things up and then writing them back down and taping them together, it's easier to do it with cards <laughs> uh, in the moment. Um, I'm trying to think of well, what... You're, you're absolutely right that obviously having like the card version makes the game a lot more accessible, right? And a lot easier to play with not having this huge board that you have to put everything on, right? It makes it right. a lot more flexible as well. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I wanted to comment on was, yes, the whole like I place a worker and then you can't place a worker like that is very take thatty, right? Like because mm -hmm. then I can that introduces the idea that I could go there not because I want it but because you want it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not, that's not super fun. Like that's <laughs> super not fun. Anything that encourages players to be jerks to each other is not that exciting to me. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea of the solution of, you know, like, um, the solution of, you know, either like the second person like has to pay to use it, or maybe they first person gets more resources than the second person. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, uh, I toyed around with an idea at one point that this, that, that got me thinking about where the idea was like you, it was worker placement, but there were places that you had to place your workers every turn, right? There's, there's 10 spaces you could place them, but there's four that has to happen. And no matter uh, who places it, somebody must place there, right? Otherwise uh -huh. you can't play the game. Um, and the idea that like, if I place there, we all benefit, but I place there. So I get like the spoils or something or like I get something extra. And that's what that made right. me think of the idea that like, if I'm the first one to do it, then I get something good. If I'm not, then, you know, I pay a penalty or just get less. Like, I think that's, right. that's great. So right. my two cents on that there. And it's interesting when you bring up like, you know, the whole, someone has to go to these two spaces and then the person who does do that, they also get like an extra bonus when everyone gets whatever the, the standard thing is. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I find when playing uh, with, and also, I, I play with people, the the people I play games with are great. They're awesome. Some of them are just a bit more cutthroat, I suppose, than others are. I, I have a few friends who are like, if whether it's Wingspan or if it's in Stone Age, like, if there's an option that, like, uh, if you use this card, everyone will get something. They're like, no, I don't want it. I don't want to give everyone something. I just want right, the one. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, I, I see that. Uh, or the Stone Age when you roll the die and like everyone will get something or you get to pick who gets what. They prefer the ones where at yeah. least you determine who gets the resource and like they have some control. So that might be, I think that's a nice um, way to have everyone benefit, but still have the person who did the action feel like they can benefit the most um, because there are just some players who aren't that keen on benefiting other players during their turn. Uh, right. Which is just, I mean, that sounds indicative of our whole society, but you know, like, <laughs> yes. I mean, oh my God, it's uh, like, like art, like art imitating life. Right. <laughs> really, really, it really is. Um, yeah. So like you talking about those people. So like, like the idea, like we don't want to benefit others. So in that idea that I was mentioning earlier, like the idea was that like, Every, the resources were shared 
So like, and I've never seen this like where like everyone does worker placement, and then any resources you earn go to the pot. And if I want to build something, I take from the, the community pot and do something. But if I do the action, I also get a little bit to put on the side for me that I only have. And you, so if I cut wood, wood goes in the ten wood go in the pile, but I get two that I keep that no one else can take, right? Um, gotcha. and like just thinking about how that would be a nightmare for those players. Like, oh my gosh, I get right. two and everybody else they're getting ten, and I mean you might get to use some of that too. But like you know, right. they they would be the ones that would be like, all right, I have five wood, the pot has four wood, I'm gonna use the four wood from the pot and do something, and now no one but me has it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. They're the um, people that like cut you off with the roads in Catan for no reason other than just, right, just because. Or like, or like, you know, a ticket to ride, like they cut you off in your rail line just because they're like, well, I could have went the other way, but this blocks you. So I'm just going to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. This is just, I, I feel like this is what my heart is telling me needs to happen. Right now. <laughs> well, geez, tell me how you really feel. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just, and it's, it, you know, there are, I think, like that whole determining, at least having them get something on the side too, or have them have some kind of determination of what percentage goes where can mm-hmm. sometimes help balance that out. But sometimes it, it might not. It's just, it's a, I think at a certain point it comes to the question of, okay, do you just, do you want to play this game with that person? Or do you want to play it with people who are okay? Right, with right, these? right. Or do you want to play with people who will be kind to you? Yeah, right. that, exactly. like there's really the opportunity, you know, whenever you've got like if you had like the first person to place gets to determine what everyone else places, how we split it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, that just is a chance for some people to just be real jerks about it. Like, <laughs> you know, like just trying to like not let oh, the, it's it's like the games where like there's the ability to. And I never enjoy this either, but the game where there's like the ability to gang up on the winner. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. Catan was always like it's a classic example, but it was always a great example of this where like we, you know, you're trading in Catan, and then when the person who needs two points to win, like they want to trade, and everybody's like, I'm not gonna trade with you. Like because because <laughs> why would I give you stuff, right? Except for you're talking about people who feel that way the entire game. Like no, exactly. no, I don't think exactly. I'm gonna trade with you. <laughs> <laughs> why would I give you the things that you need to win the game? I don't understand why you're asking. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but it's even, I'm thinking of like, um, as I mentioned, and we can definitely like, uh, I feel like we need to have at least three minutes to talk about Stone Age. Um, but like, I'm thinking of targeting (laughs) as well. And like, there are definitely, you can decide, you can make a move that's good for you, or you can make a move because you know that like, I see that you probably need these resources. I don't think I really need them, but I might need them. And so I'm going to place my person here. Yeah, yeah. With that card that you may or may not have wanted. I don't know. You might not have, but perhaps you did. Right, right. Um, I think one way you could curb that, like if you were trying trying to curb that from people, mm -hmm. would be using a system. Well, I guess it may not curb it, but at least it would be punishing to the people doing it, which Mm -hmm. would be... Um, a system where resources are disappearing resources, like at the end of the turn, I'm sure there's a term for that, but I don't know what that is, but like, you know, so I gather all these resources. So it'd be like stone age, but instead of keeping my resources, I it's use it or lose it. Right. Um, 
so then blocking someone to say, well, I might need that next turn. Well, if you don't need it right now, you are just blocking me. Right. Right. Um, which has a negative effect on you in the long mm-hmm. game, just like it does me, except for like, mm-hmm. I might be able to go somewhere else and get something. Whereas you've now put yourself in a spot where you're getting nothing good. Right. Um, so that could be another way. I know that's not the problem we're trying to solve, but that seems no, to be no. what's coming up here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so back to the original, just like the whole card worker placement thing. Um, I think Target, the, the fact that the the middle cards, have, have you played that before? Uh, I don't think I have. Um, I've played it a couple of times. Uh, it's available... I played it online, so definitely on either Tabletopia or, or, or what, oh, Board Game Ring, one of those, uh, one of those confangled websites. Um, but it's uh, it's really the the, the perimeters. I want to say um, remain the same for every game, but the the center cards you swap out, um, and so it allows for some, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be different each time you play it. Um, it's just a great, I feel like it's a good example. It's a lot of fun. I've played a couple times of a, a, a card-based kind of worker placement game. Um, I think it's still, yes, it's definitely still in print. Um, it's one that's on my list to purchase one day when I, when I get around to it. Um, when did that one come out? It came out back in oof, it 2013. It's been printed a couple of times at this point. Um, it might have been earlier than that. Um, 2012. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was a long time ago. Actually, that was nine years ago. It's crazy how that happens. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I, it's a long time ago. It's also, it, I mean, between these last two years, I feel like 10 years, it feels like it, you know, came out in 1989 at this point. But, um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, oh, and I think it's been printed in a couple different, um, depending on, it's been localized a couple different times. And so mm-hmm. uh, I've seen a couple people have like, you know, I, I want to find my game where I'll do this for when you buy it. Uh, several different copies that are in several different languages that have different covers and artwork and all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. I haven't found that game just yet, but, um, but yeah, it's a great, pretty compact. uh, I think it took us 45 minutes for, and it's a two player game, which is, you know, I feel like this past year, those have for obvious reasons been really popular and I think they'll still be pretty popular forward. Um, Yeah. I I think we're kind of seeing like a, that, people it became popular out of necessity but now people are like oh damn like two-player games are really fun like you know and, and i think more people are giving them a try and yeah so who was the original publisher on that um i guess I cosmos i want to say is the one right now um i think it's been under a couple over the years they do that right that's what I like when you have the cards where like each card will give you either a certain action or a certain type of point. And if you collect X number of these and at the end of the game, mm-hmm. you get X number of points, that sort of thing. 
um, or gain resources. Um, it's got a nice mix of uh, different, you know, different ways to win via the cards that you collect, um, which is always right. Fun. Right. Um, yeah, and that is something that you know. I think when you're dealing with a standard worker placement game with a board um, where it's not changing. Like, for instance, a Stone Age, I think, is actually a great example. Like, that is not a game I would want to constantly play, right? Because it relatively is the same game. And when you're dealing with the cards and that, those moving around and changing and stuff, that really uh, can make a big difference, right? I mean, yeah, it can really keep it fresh. Um, right. Yeah. So I think with Stone Age, it's, if not for the... Um, I'm trying to think of what the, the name of the cards are actually... But the different buildings that you can build um, and the mm-hmm. effect that those give you, because uh, if if not for those, it would, I would, I think my the plays of it would definitely go down because it would be way too cut and dry. It would, um, yeah, it would literally be the exact same game every time. Where, yeah, I think you're thinking of the um, the boats, right, on the side where the boats can change. Yeah, like what they bring you, yeah, because the the. The scoring for the huts changes, but essentially it's the exact same thing, right? Like you're still buying the hut. It's just, right. you know, there's different things available in the hut. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Though Stone Age is still my favorite game to play with new players when they're ahead and they're like, and they're like, oh man, I am like, I'm beating you. And you're like, yeah, yeah. You just wait till the end. Because <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got the biggest like... Like you lap the person at the end. That always cracks me up. Like the first time I played it, the same thing. I'm like, I am crushing it. And the person's like, yeah, you're doing okay. That's like, I think I've got you. They're like, okay. And then the game ends and I'm like, oh, wow. I took last place out of four people. Ouch. So, right. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Those. And it's always like, I, I go back and forth on um if i like it the, the games where you really don't know who's winning until at the end if you tied up all the points or if but there is some clear it, it i think it depends on if you're playing you know in person and everything's out on the table if you're playing virtually i think it still shows you um most ways to play stone angels will show you like what type of cards the other person has if not the exact right. card they have. i don't know if they show you the picture i think it shows you the type at least i think my phone app shows me the type Okay. Um, it's more information than I ever would have playing Stone Age physically. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when people put their cards face down in front of them after they buy them or. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And I think that that, you know, that's something that in general with games, I mean, I think it's always a safer way to do it to have like, you know, when you've got obscured scoring, right. So that no one knows who's winning until the end. Right. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I just it I, I mean I don't think you always have to have that. Um, I was okay. talking about Quacks, Quacks of Quidlinburg earlier and that actually doesn't have that. And it created a situation where I was like I could sit here for 5 minutes and math out to see if where I'm at mm-hmm. and then I could decide if I wanted to keep going or not like at the end like put, press my luck basically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that. I actively was like I'm just going to think that I'm good and I just hope I win. And then I lost by like 2 points. But if I'd sat there for five minutes and did the math, then I would have pressed my luck and maybe I would have won. Um, and so, like, that's that's not good, right? Like, you don't want that because there's some person that's going to do that. Like, I know that guy. Like, he's going to yes. do that. Like, you know, we all know that person. Yeah. And to be fair, it's usually that guy. 
uh, who's gonna be like, I'm gonna code it out and figure it out. So, <laughs> yeah, that's for that reason. Yeah, it, it can be better to have it be a, a little more ambiguous, uh, and then you just tie it up at the end and you know see where things lie. <laughs> right, right, right. So, what other um, so like, what are some of the the issues specifically you're running into with like the game? Um, so one one issue is just with the because I, I again with the card with cards come great responsibility and great flexibility. I feel like <laughs> it, 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 I I want people to have options and I want all the options to you know feel like they're um viable they make sense that they're just like i don't want to just give players options to have options um but i also don't yes, want to overload you. them with you know here are the 10 places you can go the 10 different things you can do that all probably two of them might go into one type of strategy three might go into a different one and then these two might be for like you know fail saves for these are always a good thing to do regardless of where you are and what you're trying to do um but so trying not to overload the player with too many things um mm-hmm. and to have it still feel cohesive as one game is something that um as i cycle through different locations and different things that a player can do just trying to keep that in mind um and so I, i've cut it down i used to have like i think there were seven options um and not saying that there won't be seven options but for right now i've condensed it into like for places you can go to do things um, and just going to play it with that until it feels good. And then I can add in more. I'll play test, see how it feels, add in more, see how it feels, and then kind of mm-hmm. go from there. But I feel like it might be best to kind of whittle it down to the bones, let it run for a little bit, and then add some more layers on. Um, right, right. One of the things that, so I forgot, I actually worked on a worker placement game a year or two ago with Neil Roberts. And one of the things we did to solve that same issue, we were actually, we were actually trying to do it for like a button shy contest. Um, So we were limited to our cards. um, But uh, the, uh, we, to keep it fresh, but also keep it um, uh, like a little more varied, we used five cards, but they were double sided. And if I placed on a card, it flipped over the next turn. Um, so that meant the next player had an option to do something different. Um, and I want to say that you, I think you went through and everyone placed on all of them. Then they all flipped over. And then obviously players, like first player rotates because that's mm-hmm. important. Yes. And then you can do it again. That way it's not like the same person is always getting the same options, you know. Um, but yeah, and that worked pretty well. Um, you know, there were, there were some that somebody would jump for. Now, of course you still have the issue of you're now limiting what people can do. Right. Um, but with that flexibility of it flipping, it, it did the thing where it, um, it at least gave people, um, a lot of options, but not mm-hmm. all at once. So it really killed the AP, right? Cause there was, there was only four, cho- five, five choices, um, right. but they changed. So you could, even if you had something like that in the game where you can have multiple people can go on the same thing, mm-hmm. but once you place on it, it's going to flip. Uh, right. And now the next round, it's going to be something different, which maybe you're placing on it. Like you're waiting for someone to place on it. You're like, oh crap, nobody placed on it. I guess I will. And then you place on it. So it flips. Mm-hmm. So the next round you can have what you actually want. Right. Like, right. That's actually kind of a fun little strategy there. Right. 
Ah, I'll look into that. And I do like the just the the flipping because it's supposed to be cards are cards are two sided, and so right. Hey. Usually, right. <laughs> Go figure. But it's good to have something on there. You might as well, if if it's not necessary to have, you know, a standardized back on there, why not add in something that will allow for some more replayability, flexibility, different options. Um, I, I ended up, there were a couple locations on the board that I nixed and because I had a, a skill system in there and you had to do certain things to increase your skills. Um, but then there was like a tracking of skill points on each player board. And so got rid of that and just had the skills instead. Um, you could hire on workers who then had, um, you know, some were really great with vendor relations. Some were really good with helping you increase your uh, baking yield. Because of course, again, foodie, all my games are about food and baking. <laughs> it's got to so- be about food. <laughs> I but, would be concerned um, if it wasn't, Raven. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and then those workers to instead of sliding up a tracker to improve your skills, you can then um I'm still debating on how you'll uh improve your workers or how they'll level up, but you can flip them over and they'll be more powerful and of course mm-hmm. you'll have to pay them a little more money. But um one way to make full use of the cards and also take stuff off of the board, off of the player board, and then onto these cards yes. um, to give players a level less, instead of seeing, you know, six different trackers with up to <laughs> X number of points and things like that. Right, right. You just have cards over that now. Uh, and it's easier. And, to, I, I think it's and, easier. and even if you make that straightforward, like six different trackers, it's still six different trackers, right? And like, it's just, you know, when you've got all that, it, the cognitive load on that can be so heavy, right? I know that I would just be like, uh, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, um, yeah. So yes, I think getting away from that is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um... Any other specific thoughts on... Uh... Oh, and work replacement or question? Yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I think we touched on it a little bit, and not to get into the whole uh, (laughs) revisit the whole player who doesn't want to help other players uh, dilemma, but (laughs) more so just the the take that bit. Um, I think with work replacements, you touched on it a bit when you know there's the option with uh will one person going on this card then uh, prohibit other players from going on that card or can the other person go there but they might you know have to pay more or get less than the first person who went there um or does it matter um you know if you go there a certain number of times x happens or maybe you can only go there three times in the game like depending on those i think that will also impact how much of a take that feel it has and then you know how free a player really feels that they can do anything that they want to do or if if they feel mm-hmm. you know, player count and options available if it's going to get a little boxy for the fourth or fifth right. player uh at the end of the round right right you know something that that we was talking about that small game that neil and i made one of the things i forgot that it did that actually is in line with your whole people who don't like to help other people. Um, every card, when I placed on it, it gave something to me and something to some, something to other players. 
every Ooh. card did that except for one and it was the worst card like basically like for the if you got something good you were giving something not as good to everyone else um it was just yeah. a way we balanced it um mm -hmm. because the game was made for people who didn't necessarily the game was designed to be very forgiving because it was it was made for very casual players um but anyway gotcha. so yeah so that's just thinking about that those people would be like oh, i hate this i hate this <laughs> uh you're making me help the other player but like <laughs> you know that makes me when i think of like uh i'm trying to think of any co-op i i don't know if, if, I've, if I've ever played a co-op worker placement game scratching my head yeah. i might have but it seems like it would be a lot uh, <laughs> to put into a game yeah uh i'm actually searching that because i don't I, i'm sure that if there is one we're gonna be like oh yeah right of course um, that exists. so uh, that's not true it said hanabi's co-op worker placement that's that's not true that is just not true um uh it says atlantis rising actually by elf creek is a uh a cooperative worker placement, which I didn't realize. So, huh. yeah. I don't think I've ever had the chance to play that just yet. Um, yeah, I have not either. So, all right. Um, There's so many. I this is it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Orleans is, it, is a, a, another one. I think with one of the expansions, it might be, um, mm -hmm. which I've, I haven't had the chance to play. I, I purchased it. Um, so again, waiting on, uh, hopefully this summer I'll be able to have people over and can actually give it a go. Um, but that does seem like, uh, it might be one of those. The other one I see mentioned here is, uh, holding on, uh, the troubled life of Billy Kerr, uh, which was that game by, uh, who did that? Um, Oh gosh, what is the name of that company? Why well, can't I remember the name of that company? Um, why is Hub Games? Hub Games did it. Uh, yeah, and oh. it's a co-op worker placement game where you're uh, helping this person who's dying, and you're trying to figure out the story of their life um, by uh, placing workers, uh, which oh sounds odd, but it's supposed to be amazing. Uh, I think you're trying to keep him alive as as long as you can um yeah yeah so but anyways uh yeah um so yeah that seems like a pretty good one to be cooperative worker placement like you're trying to save someone or at least prolong their life right i mean like that feels like who's <laughs> yes. the winner in that game that. right yeah. uh and that that makes me now that's on my list that sounds like a, a tear drinking but really um interesting game to play right before um, right. I, it's gotten a lot of praise yeah okay i'm gonna check that one out um kitchen rush which is one that i haven't oh, played yeah. yet it's online right of course being in a uh in the same kitchen you would want to work together to get orders out on time to serve your customers one would hope anyway that that would be uh the goal um right 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 Right. As compared to like server rush where you're trying to like 
get the most tips or something, right? Right. Yes. Yes. That one is a little different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the different stations and whatnot. Um, yes. Okay. So after, uh, yes, there are cooperative uh, work placement games. Um, it's just definitely a different feel. I think than some of the other just straight worker placement games that can get rid of that take that because you're all working together for a common right, goal right. instead of you know right I want to build That's up my gotta be, it would be really interesting to see like how you set that up to avoid like quarterbacking right um, mm-hmm. because like it's literally like I mean now you could use, you know, secret stuff to where like, I can only do certain things and you don't know what that is. Um, so you can't tell me what to do. Um, but like, that's the first thing that pops in my head is like, if it was just all obvious, you just play the game by yourself. Um, you know? Um, so, so anyways, yeah, that's, I I'm sure that these games that are, have a lot of high praise are doing something that's not that right. (laughs) Because otherwise people would be like, this is not good. Yes, exactly. I could already see it now. Um, Someone just, you know, well, why don't you do this on your turn? Because this is clearly what we need to have happen and, and so on and so forth. It's got to be a way to. <laughs> right, right. <prevent> that. <laughs> uh, um, um, so for the uh, for the pitch section of the show, I was going to ask, do you want to talk a bit about the game or a different game or I can throw something out there? Completely doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah. Um, sure, I can. Uh, so the game, um, it's a game that has seen many, many, many <laughs> iterations and versions. Um, That's fair. It, it started out, uh, it was one of the, I think the second game I started designing um, is about um, baking, I'd say modern cakes um, in present day-ish, no set year, but just, you know, going to a bakery, selling a customer. It's very straightforward. Um, and because it was so straightforward, I'm like, eh, I feel like there's more that can be done here. Um, and so I was like, well, why don't I try to make a, cause there, there aren't all that many historical baking games. Um, there are a couple, um, but not a whole lot. And so I was looking at different places to set it in, um, looking at where can I find enough research to kind of make it a bit more crunchy. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, um, some background. Uh, and so right now, tentatively, it's set in um, Bursa in 1700s-ish. Um, and I'm still going back and forth on, you know, how much of a, do I want it to be super historical or do I want it to be a simulation of history and so based on, but not, you know, some some liberties or it's a little bit different but it's it's generally set in this in this place so that's something i, right, I right. Am, i'm working through um and definitely bring on some people who as it and this it's been oh my gosh it's been more than a year that i've been working on this game <laughs> <laughs> i've passed a milestone um but uh as i keep working on it as i keep tuning it up definitely bring in more people who have um additional context and knowledge in the area of cultural consultants and whatnot. Um, yeah. Because that's important. And everyone should do that if you're making a historically, yes. whether it's, yes. you know, 100% yes. accurate or loosely based around bringing cultural consultants. 
Uh, or as we've seen with some, even if it's if it's uh, completely fictitious, uh, but you run the chance of it, you know, um, you know, of, of things looking like they could be based on real life. Right. You know, so. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Agreed. It, it, it's it's just do it. Just do it. It's 2021. Um, right. And, and it's uh, not hard. It's no, not hard at all. At all, regardless of what stage of the game development you're in, you can do it. You can make it work. Yep. yep. Um, I've, I've actually myself already done it on a couple different projects, even when they were earlier on, where I was like, I'll just talk to someone and pay for an hour of their time and see if I'm, you know, doing the right thing or not. Right. I mean, right? It, was, exactly. it was it was super affordable and and super helpful and actually gave me good ideas about the game to make it better. So there you go. Yeah. it's a win for everyone. It, it really is. Um, and so essentially, um, it was a worker placement board game where you, you know, you had your shop, um, and it, it's also exploring, um, first that there was some unique, um, between it was a, it was a city, it used to be the capital of the Ottoman empire. Um, there were some different, uh, dynamics there that weren't seen in other cities um just because of uh silk was uh it was a big producer of silk you can still get um some good silk there but i've seen a lot of silk games so i, I wanted to go outside of that uh right, right. and, yes, and you know explore the, the... <laughs> right <laughs> uh and so you know you're either running a, a brick and mortar baking store or you're running a, a bakery out of your home uh, and you're selling the customers, and then of course you have to buy ingredients from different marketplaces, and um, hiring on workers, and um, you know, um, also working with your your family to increase your skills and prove that you can take over the family business essentially. Um, and so, um, at this point, it went from a board, well, several different boards and player boards to now mainly just cards for the customers and your recipes and the workers who are helping you um as well as um some of the different mechanics that you can do you can gift things to increase your reputation you can give some of your baked goods to charity um and so that's a very long i know it wasn't a pitch it was a very long explanation of the game that i'm working on um but that's kind of where it was and then where it is right now um, it might be somewhere else a, a month from now, um, right, but right. It, it's a it's a medium weight card based worker placement game as it stands. So it's a little different. I feel like uh, given the the theme is baking, I feel like that it usually tends to skew on the lighter side of things. But I feel like why not have one that's a little bit? I mean, granted, it's definitely hour and a half playtime tops. I, I'm not sure. And then wants to play a three hour long baking game, but our, you know, I feel like that it, it's doable. I feel like I made a game about baking and it's like full on chemistry, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, you can bake a real cake at the same time as you're, you're playing this game and it'll be done, yeah. you know, about That's it. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. No, that sounds that uh, sounds really really interesting, and I, I would love to follow the development of that as you work on it because that just sounds, um, yeah, I, I love the idea of historical baking. Like that's you're right. At first, it's funny you said modern cakes, and then all I could think of were like modern looking buildings made as cakes, like you know, like the modern building style. 
like the building's very modern, uh, but like it's like a cake. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just said there's a lot of. Um, I just well, I guess also depends because there's there's baking, but then there's like there's a, a decent number of donut games, there's a decent number of uh, cake and pie games. Um, but when you get into the the more um, there's, there's not nearly, I think bread is also popular, which I mean, who doesn't like bread unless, right. you know, if you unfortunately can't imbibe bread, although they have gluten-free bread now, uh, which they I hear is literally have gluten-free bread. Somehow that exists. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very happy for people who can't eat bread so that there's gluten-free yes, bread. Yes. Yes. <laughs> bread for everyone. Um, but yeah, something will take them. Um, so hopefully that'll be, I'll, I'll try it. It's been a goal of mine to put more about it on Twitter. Um, hasn't happened just yet, but I'm working my way towards that. Um, and we'll be, I play testing it more in the online spaces, uh, over this upcoming summer. Um, very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Hey, this was, uh, this was a super, uh, this was a super fun conversation and, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. people enjoyed our talk about worker placement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yes, absolutely. So uh, listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always find us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. Uh, you can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Find our Discord once again at our website. Uh, join that community. It's lots of fun. Uh, also, you can find us, the best place, of course, is on the Twitter at podcastbtg at jaslingerland at underscore Raven McKenzie. Uh, You can find her there and uh, come say hi to us. And until next time, good night. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-TEL-BTG. Please don't use the email.